Mr. Moderator, Deputy Moderator, the Mayor, Lady Mayor S, Councillor Mackin and Mrs. Mackin, Alderman Rice, Councillor Kimball, and Councillor Anderson, other distinguished guests, members and friends and visitors from various congregations. I'm delighted in the Lord's name to welcome you to this historic night in the history of our congregation here in Carrie Duff as we open this new meeting house to the glory of God. This indeed is a night which has been much waited for, a night prayed for since the committee took a very courageous decision to purchase two acres of ground from Mr. James Anderson Lowe and proceed with a mammoth building program 17 years ago. Many doubted tonight was possible. They thought it could never happen. Some despaired. Yet, despite setbacks, difficulties, obstacles, I have to thank Almighty God for those driven with that persevering passion to see this new meeting house erected and opened here on the Killinger Road. And we say this evening, to God be the glory. Now we're going to have our opening praise. It's on the order of service, Psalm 100. If you haven't got an order of service, put your hand up and we'll soon get you one or try to get you one. There's maybe some hymn books there. You can go to the Psalm section. Psalm 100, all people that on earth do dwell, sing to the Lord with cheerful voice. Let's stand together as we sing, please.
And we're just going to follow our order of service. I'm not going to keep getting up and down and waste time making comments on the brethren who's to come and take part. I'm going to invite the deputy moderator, Reverend Gordon Dean, to come and open in prayer. And then Reverend Middleton will read the scriptures and the kingdom there will sing to us, followed by greetings from the presbytery. Let's just unite together in a word of prayer and let's seek the help and the blessing of Almighty God upon us here tonight. Let's unite together in prayer. Our loving and our gracious God, we come to Thee on this glad occasion. We come, our God, with thankfulness and praise in our hearts today for Thy mercies. We recognize what Solomon said of old, that the heavens and the heavens of heavens cannot contain Thy glory. But Lord, we thank Thee that Thou hast been pleased to dwell with Thy people in that special way in the tabernacle, the temple, and where God's people are gathered together. And we thank Thee for this house that is dedicated to the preaching of Thy Word. We thank Thee for this place that has been uh, dedicated to worship God and to praise Thy name. And we'd ask Thee that Thou wouldst bless this building We'd ask that thou wouldst come in power and that thou wouldst bless right from the very outset. We pray that this might be a place of praise, a place, our God, where we'll be able to lift up our thanksgiving to our God. We can raise our Ebenezer's tonight and the congregation can raise their Ebenezer's and say that hitherto hath the Lord helped us. And our God, we thank thee for thy goodness and we Thank thee for thy provision for the building right up to this very date. And our God, we can say this, the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. We pray that not only will it be a place of praise, but our God, we pray that it might be that house of prayer. Thou said, my house will be called a house of prayer. And our God, we need to seek thy face today. And we pray like, like Solomon at the opening of the temple, Lord, Hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place and answer prayer. And come our God in this day in mighty power. And we pray our Father for our land. We pray for our neighborhoods. We pray for those around us. We pray for those that are still in their sin. And our God, we pray that thou wouldst draw them to thyself and save them by thy grace. We pray, Lord, for each one that enters into this house We pray that they might know the presence and hear the voice of Almighty God speaking to them, that voice that draws them to thyself, that voice that is heard in that still small voice. We pray, our God, that thou wouldst bless every adult, every child of God, edify the saints, save the lost, bless the little ones. And our God, we pray that thou wouldst provide and that thou wouldst bless in these days. We pray that this might be a house of preaching. Our God, we thank thee for the preaching of the word. We know, Lord, that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And we pray that the word of God will sound out from this pulpit. And we thank thee for the sounding out of thy word from this place even in past days. And we pray that thou wouldst give thy servant liberty and unction and power. 
And we'd ask that thou wouldst preserve this pulpit for the preaching of the word. We'd pray that it might be a place that is faithful to the blood and to the book right down through the generations. We pray, Lord, that thou wouldst shut every place where there is that false gospel preached. And we pray for the liberty of the preaching of the word of God in this day. We pray that thy hand would be upon us and that thou wouldst bless each one that is gathered. We thank thee that there is a message of hope and a message of love and a message of forgiveness and it's found at the cross of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray that thou wouldst bless this meeting. We thank thee for what already has taken place. We pray that thou wouldst bless the moderator as he comes to preach thy word. Bless all who will take part and those who will sing. And every part of this meeting may it redound to the honor and glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so our God, we pray that thou wouldst bless. Remember the congregation here. We thank thee for their vision. We thank thee for the vision of the office bearers and for the minister. And we pray that thou wouldst bless them in the incoming days. And that thou wouldst add to the house such as should be saved. Draw in many under the sound of thy word. And our God, we pray that we might hear mighty things of God at work in this corner of thy vineyard. And Lord, right across our land, that we might see the breath of God. So gracious God, come and bless and be with us tonight. Draw near to our hearts, pour out thy blessing. For it's in Jesus' precious name that we ask these things. Amen. Amen. Turn with me, please, to Matthew's Gospel. Matthew's Gospel in the chapter 7. Gospel of Matthew in the chapter 7. Beginning our reading at verse 15. Word of God says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Ye shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits ye shall know them. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works. And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And every one that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, shall be likened unto a foolish man, which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon that house, and it fell, 
and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. May the Lord bless his divinely inspired word to our hearts for his great name's sake. Amen.
certainly counted an honour and a privilege to be singing in this, the opening service of our new church, the privilege of belonging to the schoolhouse next door since the doors opened in the Sunday school 42 years ago. It's hard to believe that it's that long ago since we opened the wee hall and see the Nat and Eric and others in here that was in the Sunday school right from the, the very early days. Uh, another person that would have frequented there children's meeting on the Monday night then was called the Bright Hour was our brother Graham here, Graham Middleton, and whenever he came in the night I just sort of asked him would he like to sing this next piece with us. Now he hasn't sung it before, he used to sing with us, but that was over 22 years ago, so it's not that long. <laughs> we realised he couldn't sing and then he went to the Whitfield, so I'm not sure what happened, but we're glad he's here. <laughs> so I'd ask him to come here and just we'll sing this piece. It's I come to the garden alone, how we walk and talk with the Lord, and even as Mr. McLaughlin was saying at the door, about those that have been foundation members for many years, and the Lord has called them home, um, called them home, I think especially of my own gran, who was called home two years ago last month, and no matter when you went over to her house, she always wanted to know what was happening in the church today, and she'd love to have been here today, but certainly she was a woman that walked and talked to the Lord. Oh 
Thank you, brethren, for that beautiful ministry and song. Brother Graham didn't put you off too much, uh, but uh, it's good to hear you again, and we trust the Lord will continue to bless you in your service for the Lord. Uh, could I bring greetings from our presbytery tonight? Uh, on behalf of the officers and members of the General Presbytery of the Free Presbyterian Church of Ulster, I would like to convey our congratulations to the minister, session, committee, and congregation of Carried Off Free Presbyterian Church in the opening tonight of their beautiful church building. It's always a delight to uh, come on such an occasion and to uh, enjoy the atmosphere that is uh, generated on an occasion like this when God's people meet together to uh, celebrate and rejoice in the opening of a new preaching house uh, for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the presbytery always rejoices in the advancement of the Lord's cause at home and abroad. And we give all the glory unto the Lord. And we say in the words of the psalmist in Psalm 115 verse 1, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. And it is our prayer that all who come within the walls of this building, young and middle-aged and old, will hear the gospel of Christ preached and many will be brought to a saving knowledge of Christ. Backsliders restored and believers built up in their most holy faith. It is our prayer that this church will reach out into the community of Carried Off and see the pews filled in the days to come with many seeking souls. May you ever have that vision to reach the lost for Christ. And you cannot drive through carried off without realizing the potential that there is in this district. And may that be realized potential in days to come. May you ever stand true to the gospel, to earnestly contend for the faith once delivered to the saints. And Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. May the Lord richly bless you in the days that lie ahead. And also on behalf of your near neighbors, my own congregation in Ballygown, Free Presbyterian Church, on behalf of the Kirk Session Committee and Congregation, we congratulate you and pray that times of refreshing will come to you as a people in a mighty way in the days that lie ahead. To God be all the glory. Could I say on behalf of Dr. Ron Johnson, the former moderator of our church and minister of our Grace Free Presbyterian Church, a word of apology. He's unable to be here tonight, but I know that our presbytery is well represented with ministers and elders here in the building tonight. May God bless us all as we have met together. I'd like to thank the Reverend Alan Smiley for bringing those greetings to us from the presbytery. And we do indeed pray that the Lord will visit us with much blessing in the time to come. Dr. Frank McClelland has sent me a very short email that I would like just to read out. It says, Dear carried off friends, may and I join in congratulating you on the opening of your beautiful new building. Though we've been in Canada for over 40 years, Carrie Duff is still very much home to us. My wife spent her first days at school as a four-year-old in the Killingure building. And we have warm memories of Christian friendship of the people there. We are delighted that you are now able to enter into your new church building. We wish we could be with you on this important occasion, 
but unfortunately time and distance makes that impossible. But our thoughts and prayers are with you. We pray that the new building will be a birthplace of many precious souls and a place where the saints will be edified and built up in their faith. Our thoughts and prayers are with the minister, church officers and people. May the Lord bless you all on this special day. May and Frank McClelland. Can I thank you again in the Lord's name for coming and we do appreciate ministers and elders from various congregations within our free Presbyterian denomination and those from various congregations outside our denomination were especially delighted to welcome you here in the Lord's name and we do thank you for coming and uh, seeing you all here uh, I would love to say come back on Sunday I know that will not be possible but we are really delighted that you have come this evening and we want to say um, very much from the depth of our heart how delighted we are to see and welcome each one of you. I've been tasked to bring a few words of appreciation and acknowledgement at this special historic service. Can I first of all thank the architect, um, Mr. Hadley Jess and Ronnie Jess for keeping faith with us and the project at hand. Despite many plan and design changes at our behest, you, you stuck with us and tonight sees the fruit of that endeavor. And we want to thank you on behalf of the church. I also publicly want to thank our main contractor, Mr. Silas Cousins, for a tremendous job well done. And the subcontractors, the steel and electrical engineers, the joiners, some who are here, the plumbers, the painters, the laborers, and all who have worked hard and given off their professional best to see this end result. And I know tonight the list is endless. And I just want to single out two men for special mention. And he's already introduced himself and told you his age. And uh, that's good. And uh, when he, he went to the, the Killing Your School, and that was Mr. Lawrence Crawford. He did a tremendous job in all the site works outside and the pathways. And we do appreciate that, Lawrence, very much in the Lord's name. And we do want to say a special uh, thank you as well to his father, Mr. Wilford Crawford, one of the um, office bearers here. Uh, and he was here tirelessly working night and day uh, to see to get the building opened as well. And we want to say uh, thank you for a job uh, well done. I, I also rejoice in the vision of our church officers who stood with me throughout this entire project. And tonight, of course, we want to honor those who encouraged us by their prayers, contributions, sacrifices, and exhortations of support. Now, most of all, we want to lift our hearts to Almighty God. Tonight, we can truly say, the Lord hath done great things for us. We're off, we are glad. We, we can say tonight, truthfully, to God be the glory. Great is thy faithfulness. And tonight, could I ask you as a congregation represented from various churches, we covet your continual prayer support in anticipation of greater days of blessing and progress ahead. A, a time when God will move and save many precious souls. And if I finish with the words of uh, John Wesley, the old founder of Methodism, the end is not yet, and the best is yet to be. And truly, surely we can say, uh, praise 
the Lord. We're going to sing our offering hymn. It's the hymn 615, the church's one foundation is Jesus Christ your Lord. And we ask that you just remain seated, especially for the first five verses as the stewards lift the offering. Now the house is packed, it might be quite difficult, uh, so please assist them. And of course, already you're, you're reaching for your purse or your wallet, and that, that's a good sign. And uh, now we don't have any buckets, we, we just have baskets. But I just want to encourage you, you know, we're, we're here tonight, you've heard me mentioning 17 years ago. And I can recall having a committee meeting and talking about a new building site and a new building program for Carrie Duff, having just come, having just been installed as the new minister in Killingear Schoolhouse, assisting Dr. Paisley, late Dr. Paisley in the pastoral ministry and the martyrs. And um, I, I suggested to the men at that time of a spend about 200,000. And uh, I remember one of the brethren saying to me, um, where, where are we going to get 200,000, Reverend McLaughlin? That's an awful lot of money. And I said, well, brother, I could be out tomorrow and a man could give me a thousand. And all I would need is 199 people to give me a thousand more and I'll have your 200,000. And you know what he said? That's likely going to happen. Well, do you know what happened the very next day? A man gave me a thousand pounds in cash. Dr. Paisley, amen, brother. Dr. Paisley sent me to visit him. And he said, brother, I've been praying for Carrie Duff. And you know what Carrie Duff, he used to come, you see. You know what Carrie Duff needs? It needs a new building. And God has put it in my heart. There's the seed, brother, of a thousand pounds. And I, I, I thank the Lord. And you know what? I believed from that day to this day that God has been in this. And I could tell you story after story of how God has provided for us in remarkable ways. So I just tell you that to, to encourage you. And uh, we, we, we trust as we sing this offering hymn, we'll, 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 we'll sing it out to the glory of the Lord. Please remain seated for the first five verses as the stewards lift the offering, and then we'll stand for verse six.
going to stand, we're going to sing the last verse. Then after the final verse, please be seated while we offer prayer for the thanks offering. Yet she on earth hath standing for prayer. Eternal God and loving Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that Thou art indeed the Jehovah Jireh. And we rejoice in all Thy provision to us, not only temporally and materially, but we thank Thee in Jesus' name for the financial provision to erect this new meeting house here. We thank You, Lord, for this congregation tonight. We thank Thee for this offering And we know that little is much when God is in it. And we commit it to thee. And we pray, Lord, that it will be used for the furtherance of the work of the gospel in this corner of the vineyard. We thank thee for it. We thank thee for every gift, whether it was a small gift or a large gift. We thank you for the giving of people inside the church and outside the congregation. We thank you for the giving of our churches who have given sacrificially out of their own account even to help and assist us, a small congregation. And, O God, we claim by faith even the words of Scripture that say, As though thy beginnings be small, yet thy latter end shall greatly increase. And while we thank thee for the past 42 years in the killing your schoolhouse, while we thank thee for the mission station for 20 years and the constituted work for 22 years, We thank you, Lord, tonight we're moving into this new building and we commit it to thee. And we're asking, Lord, for a visitation of thyself, for precious souls to be saved, for help in the preaching of the gospel. And we look to thee that you'll visit Carrie Duff as well as our countryside with a mighty, glorious, heaven-sent revival of true Bible-believing religion. Lord, hear and answer prayer, for we ask this tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Now at this point of the service, I'm going to invite our clerk of session, uh, Mr. George Anderson, and he's going to come and make a number of presentations. Mr. Anderson, thank you. Um, Well, I have to do a few presentations, but uh, just as I was doing some work about the the church today, uh, there were some things came to mind. Just a, a few verses in Ezra. Uh, chapter 3, uh, you needn't turn to him, it's just three verses. Ezra chapter 3 and verse 11, and it reads, And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because he is good, for his mercy endureth forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. 
But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers, who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their eyes, wept with a loud voice, and many shouted aloud with, for joy, so that the people could not discern the noise of the shout of joy from the noise of weeping of the people. For the, Lord sh for the people shouted with a loud shout, and the noise was here heard afar off. Now, I don't know what these people that uh, accompanied Ezra, uh, what their expectations were about the, the house of the Lord. Some remembered Solomon's temple and the glories of it in those days, and they, whenever they saw the, the foundations of the, the new place, they thought, well, it's not going to meet up to our expectations. But of course then, many rejoiced because this was a place for them to meet with God and to worship and to, to uh, be a witness for God. And the noise was heard afar off. And I was just thinking as we sang the, the psalm there tonight and as you've been singing the hymns, that noise should be heard out in the road there and maybe even someone in Carried Off walking by will hear it. And you know, the adversaries of, of Ezra and the people, they were discomfited because they saw God's blessing upon the people. So I trust that this house will be a light set on a hill to witness for the Lord. Now we're going to do just a couple of presentations and uh, Mr. McLaughlin, or the Reverend McLaughlin has uh, mentioned the, the folks that are involved. And I'm just gonna call on the architect uh, Mr. Hadley Jess, uh, we thank him for the work he has done. And I was saying to someone tonight, well, we're just going to have to pull it down and build a bigger one <laughs> because we've got so many here. And uh, we thank Hadley for his work uh, with us uh, over the period of time that we've been working on this building. And this is just a small token of our thanks uh, to him. to keep in with the Mourn people because uh, my wife's from Kilkeel herself, so uh, I have to keep in with them. So I'm just going to call upon uh, our, uh, one of our members of committee, uh, Mr. Wilfred Crawford, to come forward and just to make a presentation to Silas. Thank you. Well, Silas, this day has been a brave wee while in coming, but we're not blaming you for that. <laughs> uh, the foundations went in quite a number of years ago, and uh, well, maybe it was yourself said it takes a good wee while for that concrete to harden. <laughs> so. Depends where you got it. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Uh, well, it didn't come from Kilkeel, so it's right. <laughs> but however, we're very grateful to you for your hard work during those, well, some winter months there. And uh, uh, remember you going down past the lane about quarter to eight, coming down 
in the winter mornings and it must have been tough enough going, but you made a, a good a good job and uh, yourself and what do you call your mate? Gary. Gary. I always go to call him Andrew <laughs> and he knows that, but it's, it's definitely Gary. <laughs> We're glad that you, you made a great team from and as has been said, Silas comes from Hanalong, and that's just at the foot of the moorings. And I've heard it said more than once that if you want a good job, well done. Send for the mooring men. Not right. <laughs> I'm sure you wouldn't have said that. No, you wouldn't, no, wouldn't have said that. However, Silas, we're delighted that you have done the first stage, and also you have steered us through the, the second phase, and we appreciate all your help in every way. And just as a wee token from our congregation, we'd like you to accept this little gift. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> he, want, want the he, he wants to make a rally. There you go. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Is, is Barbara about somewhere? Just way down the back, but I think you have a wee job to do as well. You know, Silas has a very patient wife, helping on along, and there's times he wasn't home, I'm sure, early enough to do the dishes, but uh, I'm sure that has all improved. I'm sure that has all improved of recent days. So I'd ask uh, Debbie if she will come forward, wherever she is. Where is Tabby? Oh, there she is. <laughs> Do any of you no. want to make a speech? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just not at the moment, anyway. <laughs> okay. Thank you, George. Well, another one of our uh, main workers, and you'll see the evidence all around the church, uh, the wood, uh, the pews, the doors, uh, everything, the, even the notice board out in the hall, uh, the table that was uh, prepared out there, all those things were done by a man called Jimmy Spears, and he's done a great job for us. And I'm going to call upon uh, one of our founding members, uh, Mr. Uh, Wesley Irvine, if he would just come forward, just while he's coming forward. Uh, my father was a woodworker, so I appreciate all this wood. He was very creative. He made a, cart, uh, a sideboard out of his head, and he had enough wood left over for a chair. So. <laughs> James, come forward, please. Here. with this little token of appreciation from the congregation and we, uh, we thank you for all your hard work and the good job well done thank you
Um, they say every good man has a good wife behind him, and I'm sure uh, Mrs. Spears is, is no exception, and we just ask her to come forward and accept these flowers, please. Thank you. The last of our uh, presentations, and I mean, we could go on and on with the presentations to the people who have put in so much effort to make this night uh, possible. Uh, but one person who's done a lot, uh, he's provided your car park out there for you. He's dug the trench for the lights in here. He's dug the trench for the water that's in here. And uh, he's done quite a lot of work around this building. And it's Mr. Lawrence Crawford, so I'm gonna ask uh, the minister's wife and uh, one of her older members uh, used to call her Rosemary. Uh, so I'm going to ask Rosemary to come forward and do a wee presentation, please, to uh, Lawrence. Thank you. These aren't for Lawrence, of course, they're for Anne, Anne, his wife. So if Anne's about, please, could you accept these? Thank you. There's a, a little gift has been given by someone in the congregation for another young man who has done quite a bit about the church. Anytime there's workers down here, he's caring for them, he's working with them, he's doing everything. I was doing some planting out at the front of the church and he was helping me. And it's for Stephen Crawford and I would just ask Stephen to come forward please and accept this little gift. It's good to encourage our young ones and thank Stephen for all he's done and his, his brothers too. They've all been taking their part, but Stephen is raring to go all the time. So thank you very much. We do thank the Clark Session for making uh, those presentations. And we do thank everyone who was involved for a tremendous job of work. Uh, well done. We're going to invite the Kingdom Heirs to come back and minister to us in song. We really appreciate that they're here on this very historic occasion. They normally sing with us year on year uh, in the Killier Schoolhouse, going back many, many years. And we are especially delighted that the Lord has answered prayer and touched our, our brother Derek Preston. And Brother Derek is with the Kingdom Heirs again tonight. So we do welcome them back in the Lord's name and trust it will be blessed as they minister to us.
Just a few announcements. Immediately after the service, there will be supper for everybody. So just remain seated, remain calm. And uh, I'll not panic either. And we'll try our best to get everybody served. Uh, tomorrow morning, there's a special prayer meeting here uh, at 11 a.m. And if any of you want to come and join with us in prayer, you'll be more than welcome. Uh, we'll meet in the minor hall. And then our services here on the Lord's Day, 11.30 and 7. We'll be here for morning worship and the gospel service and the will of God. I'll be the preacher, preceded, of course, by the times of prayer. And we would, as I've already said, we earnestly covet your prayers. And you pray that souls will be saved and God will touch the heart of families. And very quickly, new families will be added to us, uh, to the glory of God. Uh, we're looking forward, of course, to, to seeing the, the pews uh, filled up uh, with, with uh, uh, more additional uh, families. So we, we would, as we've said, uh, we earnestly covet your prayers. It gives me great pleasure tonight to uh, welcome amongst us again uh, Reverend Thomas Murray. Reverend Murray, for the past three years, has been the moderator of our presbytery, and we have been blessed and encouraged under his leadership. And um, he, he was here um, a few, number of months way back when we had a special foundation service and he preached a sterling sermon. And we're delighted that he's given of his time again tonight as representing the presbytery and uh, he's going to preach the service to us. Thank you. 
Could I thank the Reverend McLaughlin uh, for those kind words of welcome. And as I said earlier, it is a joy to be here uh, this evening on this special occasion. And I certainly like to congratulate you on the opening of this new uh, building. I know that your minister, the elders and the committee have given many hours to this project and it has also required sacrificial giving uh, by the congregation. And I want to commend you tonight on your service and I know that the Lord is not forgetful uh, of your labours. The Lord said in Haggai chapter 2 in the verse 7, I will fill this house with glory. And then he went on to say in the verse 9, the glory of this latter house shall be greater than of the former. And in this place will I give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. And I trust that as you enter into this new building that this will be your experience. As the Lord filled the temple at its opening, that you will know his presence. And more than that, that you will know his power uh, in every time that you meet in this place. And certainly as a presbytery, we're looking forward to hearing uh, reports uh, of God's blessing and of the work progressing here in this part of his vineyard. We're turning in our Bibles this evening to the Gospel according to Matthew and to the portion that was read earlier in the service, Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7. And with our Bibles before us, let us just bow together in a word of prayer. Our Father in heaven, we do thank thee for thy presence with us this evening. We thank thee again for this beautiful building. And Lord, we pray that that this place will become the birthplace of many precious souls, that thy name will be exalted and glorified, and that there will be a great drawing unto thee. We thank you tonight for thy word. We rejoice that it is truth. And we ask, Lord, that as we turn to thy word this evening, that thou wouldst open up the sacred page before us. Take away every distracting thought. Lord, give to me words from thyself. Bring to my remembrance the things that thou would have us to say. And we ask, Lord, that by thy spirit that thou wouldst take those words and that thou wouldst write them upon our hearts this evening. Oh, we long that as we leave this place this evening that we might be able to say the Lord was here and we heard him speaking. So, Lord, be with us now and help us. For we pray in thy name and for thy glory. Amen. The Gospel according to Matthew, the chapter 7, and we read there in the verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man, which built his house upon a rock. Over the last number of years, you have been involved in a busy building program. You have watched as this new building rose out of the ground, first the founds and then the walls and then the roof, the pulpit going in and the carpets being laid. I've no doubt that there was a rising sense of expectancy, a looking forward even to this occasion this evening. And as we come into this portion of God's word, we find a certain man here building not a church, but rather building a house keeping one eye towards the work and the other towards the weather. He knew that the present dry season would not last forever. Eventually, bracking the clouds darkening, the rain would begin to descend. 
causing the rivers to burst forth. They would sweep away all in front of them. Fearing lest his new house would eventually be swept away, he beginning this work, he began by excavating. Luke tells us in his gospel that not only did he dig, but rather that he dug deep, going down through layer after layer of soil. He eventually found rock. Rather than resting, he then immediately began to build upon it. Day after day, he laid brick upon a brick, eventually reaching the ease. He then constructed the roof. And finding this rock, he then began to build upon it. It was an ongoing work. And you see, conversion is not merely the end of an old life, but it is the beginning of a new life. Resting our souls upon Christ the solid rock, there must then be a building upon him. Indeed, Peter said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord. The word grow here being in the present imperative, he was demanding a continual growth to their faith. They were to add virtue and to virtue knowledge and then to knowledge temperance and so on. And you see, as well as going for God, there must be a growing in grace, an adding of new uh, bricks of knowledge and timbers of grace and compassion to our lives. I'm sure maybe sometime or another you've been driving down the road and you've seen a building half constructed. You thought nothing of it and maybe two or three years later you were driving back down that road again and you noticed the same building and it was sitting there just as you saw a number of years earlier and immediately you began to wonder what went wrong with that building? Did they run out of money? Was there a death or was it a young couple getting married and, and they had a fall out? And as you know there's not that spiritual growth in our lives, it is because something has gone wrong. There's been a failure somewhere in our lives. Just as the building half finished may look all right for a season, but after a few years, it, it begins to look dull. It begins to look repulsive. So in the life where there's not that continual growth in grace, instead of being attractive, instead of drawing men to Christ, it then begins to drive them away. And I wonder, believer, this evening, how is the house of your soul? Is there that growth? Is there that progression? Are you going on with God? Is there that laying my new bricks of knowledge and grace in your life? Is there that growth in your life? And so I want to draw your attention this evening to this building which this wise man built. I want you to notice firstly here the structure he erected. Going forth he did not go empty handed as well as taking a spade to dig through the sand. The Lord reminded him here that he would require certain other things. You notice here that there would need to be a submitting to the scriptures Describing the wise builder, the Lord said in verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, 
I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. Before digging down, the wise man sits down. Taking up his pen, he drafts out the whole building in the greatest possible detail. And setting forth his plans for their lives, the Lord here describes them as his sayings. And seeking to build them up in their most holy faith, he reminded them that it was not enough to hear his sayings, but there needed to be a doing of them. And in putting it in the present tense, he was indicating that it was to be a lifestyle. Hearing the word of God, there was to be an immediate surrendering or submitting to it and a putting of it into practice in their lives. And you see, for spiritual growth, there must not only be a loving of the word, but a living of the word. A daily putting it into practice in our lives. Indeed, seeking to build up the, uh, the Jewish converts in their faith, James said in James 1 and verse 22, But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. The word hear, hear is exceedingly strong. It literally means to listen attentively. And yet he warned them here that of all that they did was listen attentively to the word of God. If they did not do or put it into practice, it would avail them nothing. You see, it's not merely the hearing, but it's the heeding of the word of God that builds on the house of our souls. It is only as it is practiced that we are profited. You know, Sir Henry Brackenbury, who was a military attaché in Paris, was on one occasion talking to the distinguished French statesman, Leon Gambetta. Gambetta, turning to him, he said, in these days there are only two things a soldier needs to know. He must know how to march, and he must know how to shoot. The Englishman said, I beg your pardon, Excellency, but you have forgotten the most important thing of all. And my he wishing to know what it was, Gambetta then said he must know how to obey. You see, it's not enough to hear the word of God. It's not enough even to read the word of God. But there must be a doing of it, a putting of his word into practice in our daily lives. Oswald Chambers said, one step forward in obedience is worth years of study about it. And you know, it's not enough to come to the house of God and to listen to sermons. It's not enough even, my, to read the word of God in our own houses, but there must be a practicing. There must be a putting of the word of God into practice in our daily lives. And when you come to this house, whether it is a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening, and you walk out through those doors, your work is not finished. You can't, my, just forget all that you have heard. My, your work really is only beginning. Having heard the word, there must then be a practicing. There must be that putting of it into practice in our daily lives. It's only as we do the word that we grow in grace and we become strong. 
and we're able to withstand the storms that often blow. But not only was there a submitting to the Scriptures, but you notice here there was a supplicating of the sovereign, as well as doing, he said in verse 24, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house upon a rock. By these sayings, he was referring here to the entire Sermon on the Mount. When you go back into the verse 7, we find him there urging them to ask and to knock and my to seek God. And heaping these verbs one upon the other, he was demanding an ascending intensity. You see, as well as asking, there needed to be a seeking. And more than that, there needed to be, as it were, a banging on heaven's door. You see, it was as they would pray, and they would pray with an increasing ascendancy that this house would be built. And you see, prayer is a means of grace. It builds up the house of our souls, turning its darkness into splendor. Indeed, seeing his people being carried into the corruption and wickedness of Babylon, and fearing for their survival, the prophet said in Isaiah 40 in the verse 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary, for they shall walk and not faint. And I love that little word, renew. It literally means to exchange. In other words, waiting upon God, they would exchange their limited strength for his limitless strength. And ascending into heavenly places, they would be able to run and not to grow weary. You see, prayer not only informs the soul, but it transforms the soul. It turns its weakness into strength, making it strong. It builds the soul. You think even of the pictures that the Lord Jesus often used to describe his relationship between him and his people. He my said that he was the head, they were the body. He was the teacher, they were the scholars. And as the body can only grow as it remains in contact with the head, and as the pupil can only learn as he sits at the feet of the teacher. And so he was indicating that they could only grow in strength and grace as they remained in contact and in communion with the Lord. You see, if we're going to grow in grace, there needs to be an asking. And more than that, there needs to be a seeking. And more than that, there needs to be a knocking on heaven's door. Oh, believer, if you're to grow in grace, you need to pray. Not just to say prayers, but you need to pray. You need to cry unto God with all of your heart and all of your soul and all of your mind. It's only then that we grow in grace. Also, you notice here that there was the sanctifying of the soul. In referring them to his earlier sayings, he said in the chapter 5 and in the verse 29, If thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee. 
The eye, although it is small, it is the gate of the body. My enabling it to see, it was to the eastern mind extremely precious. And as such, telling them here to pluck out their right eye, he was telling them to cast aside anything and everything, no matter how precious that thing was, if it would hinder them in their walk with God. You see, in the building of our souls, there must not only be an adding, but there must be a subtracting, a putting away of every hindering thing. Indeed, writing unto the Apostle Paul, or unto Timothy, Apostle Paul, said in 2 Timothy 2 and the verse 4, No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. As the soldier going to war had to break every family tribe, had to leave aside anything that would stop him going to battle. So he was telling my Timothy here to cast aside anything, everything, that would hinder him doing battle for the Lord. And you see, there must not only be a clinging to Christ, but there must be a casting aside of every corruption, a putting away of anything that would hinder us in our walk with God. A driver one day, going round a corner, he suddenly saw an old farmer and there was tears in his eye. He was looking at the ruins of his barn. Being moved with compassion and more than that, being a little bit nosy and wanting to know what had happened, he stopped his car and he got out and he went over to the farmer and he asked him, what happened? And the farmer said, it leaked so long that it just rotted right through. And I asked him, well, why didn't you earlier fix the holes in the roof? The old farmer said, when the weather was good, I just never seemed to get round to it. And when it was rained, it was too wet to work. And maybe there's something in your life this evening, and it's not sin in itself, but it's hindering you in your walk with God. It's hindering you getting to the place of prayer. It's hindering you paying your vows. And my friend, you've been meaning to do something about it. But like that farmer, you can leave it too late. You see, there needs to be a building, as it were, of our souls. We're, we're on Christ, the solid rock. We're, we're depending on him for salvation. But there must be that growing in grace, that going on with God. And that happens only through prayer, through the scriptures. Or by a putting away of every hindering thing. And I wonder tonight, child of God, how is the building doing? We're here tonight in this beautiful building and we can say it's finished. But I wonder tonight, how is the building of your soul doing? Yes, you've been to the cross. But is there growth in grace? Are you going on with God? <coughs> but not only do we notice in these words the structure he erected, but I want you to notice the storms that he expected. Building the walls and then putting on the roof, the storm clouds began to gather. Growing darker and darker, the thunder then began to roar. The streams swelling and finally bursting forth. You notice here concerning the storm that they were inevitable. 
Describing them, he said, verse 25, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. And you notice here, there are no maybes, there are no doubts. The storms did come, and coming, they came with great force. If you compare this verse with verse 27, you will discover that the storm here are almost identical to the storms that blew upon the foolish man's house. And although he was building on the rock, he experienced the same floods, the same rain, the same storms. As did the man who was building upon the sand. You see, salvation does not banish the storms of life. The converted go through the same trials as the condemned. Indeed, warning his disciples, the hour was coming when they would be scattered. The Lord said in John chapter 16 and the verse 33, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulations, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And he reminded them that in him they would have peace. But in the world, they would have my storms. And the word carries the thought of trouble and anguish. And as if to emphasize that, he then said in the verse 45, he sendeth the rain on the just and on the unjust. And you know, while there is for the believer no more curse, there is most certainly the cross, the storms, the trials, the the pains will eventually come. Sometimes, you know, you'll hear people talking about the Christian life. They'll, They'll describe the Christian life like a bed of roses. And you know, they're exactly right. Yes, the rose looks beautiful, but if you go close to the rose and you lift the leaves and you look beneath, you'll discover that there, there are many thorns that pierce and pierce deeply. And child of God, in life you'll have trials. In life the storms are going to come. They will come sooner or they will come later. Read through the life of Job. Read through the the life of, of Joseph. There will be diseases. There will be disappointments. There will be trials. And as well as attacks or temptations from beneath. There will be the trials that will come even from above. And believer, you need to build up the soul of your house. You need to grow in grace. Why? Because the storms are coming. Troubles are coming. Sooner or later, they will begin to blow. Sooner or later, your world is going to be turned upside down. And if you're not prepared, what damage will be done? You see, the storms are coming. We need to be ready. Not only were they inevitable, but you notice here that they were imminent because we read in the verse 25, And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house. Palestine was, to a considerable extent, a land of hills and mountains. Like other countries of similar terrain, the storms often came with little or no warning. 
sweeping up from the Mediterranean, cloud burst upon cloud burst, the Jordan bursting its banks. And the storm often came with no warning. And you see, the storms of life, they're not only at times savage, but they are sudden. They often come with little or no warning. In fact, James taking up his pen, he said in James 1 and verse 2, Brethren, count it all joy. When, not if, but when ye fall into divers temptations. And that little word fall there carries the, the thought of suddenness. For example, the man coming down from the city of Jerusalem, we are told that he fell among the thieves. And of course, the thief comes suddenly and without warning. And as such, James was warning him. Yes, the trials were coming. And they would come suddenly. And they would come without warning. You see, the trials of life, they not only come at times with great power, but they can't be predicted. They often come when they are least expected. Because, my friend, the sun is shining in your life. Because everything is going well tonight. It doesn't mean that over the hill the clouds are not beginning to gather. And you need to be ready. You need to build, as it were, the house of your soul. You need to be strong. Because the storms are coming. It's too late to thatch the roof when the storms are there. And believe it, there needs to be that strengthening, that building up of our inner man because the storm's coming and it will come suddenly. Also, I think they were intimidating. The floods not only sought to wash away the foundations of this building, but the storms blew upon the walls. The rain descended down upon the roof. It was attacked from every side and from every possible angle. And you see the old devil coming against you. He will not only attack you from the front, but from behind and from below. If he can't overcome you by means of your, your, your foes, he then use his friends, your friends. And believer, we need to be ready. <coughs> because in life there are the storms. There are the troubles. And there are their trials. And you need to grow in grace. You need to build the house of your soul. You need to add temperance and virtue and awe and faith. You need to add those things. Because the storm is coming. But lastly, I want you to notice here the security he enjoyed. The rains coming down and the floods, my coming up. My the house remain firm. And you notice here that his home was secure. The storm's raging, we read in verse 25 at the end of the verse. I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon the rock. Then verse 25. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. The winds and floods cracking the walls of the foolish man's house. It eventually collapsed. However, coming up against the house that was built upon the rock, it was powerless. It was unable to sweep it away. It remained firm. 
and steadfast. You see, only that which is built upon Christ will remain. Everything else will be swamped away. Indeed, the Apostle Paul declaring that which is of self and the world, my, he said, was like hay and stubble. But you know, on the hay and the stubble, while it's burned in the fire, the gold is not. You see, only that which is done for Christ will last, will remain. Everything else will be swept away, will be carted away. Not only was his home secure, but you know, his happiness was secure. Can't you picture this man? He's sitting in his house. He is built it down, is built upon the rock. The, the winds are raging. He looks out the window. He sees the flood sweeping away. The home of the foolish man. And you know, my friend, sitting back in his chair, he was able to smile. He was able to smile in the storm. And you know, in Christ, there is perfect security. The storms, they will come, but they can't disturb his peace. John Bradford was the first martyr in Queen Mary's time. And being led to Smithfield to be burned, the French ambassador reported that he looked as bright and cheerful as if he was going to his wedding. And my friend, the more you build your soul, build yourself up in Christ, the stronger you become, the less the storms will be able to trouble you. The less they will be able to sweep away the joy and the peace that is in your heart. I think it's also his hope was secure. The more this man would have looked out and saw the foolish man's house being swept away, the more he would have appreciated the rock. The more he would have appreciated it. And the storms are sent not to destroy our foundation, but to deepen our affection for our foundation. The more we are tried, the more the storms blow in our lives, the more we'll come to appreciate and love my Christ, our foundation. Oh, believer, this evening, you're on Christ. But are you growing in grace? How is it the structure, as it were, of your soul this evening? Is there that growth? Do you stand out? Or do you be growing in grace? But can I say to you this evening, if you look this passage carefully, you'll discover that not only did the wise man build his house, but the foolish man built his house. I have no doubt that the foolish man's house was as beautiful, as as big, as was the wise man's. But not being built upon the rock, it was swept away. And maybe you're here tonight and you say, Preacher, my life is as godlike. As some Christians. And my friend, I'm glad tonight. I'm glad tonight that you're living an upright life. I'm glad tonight that you're seeking to live a godly life. But listen, when the storms come, you're going to be swept away. 
by that man that built upon the sand, though he went with great expense, yet it was swept away. It's good to be upright, but my friend, that'll never do in the storms of judgment. That'll never do in the storms of death. The hymn writer said, On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And it doesn't matter tonight what you're building on. If it's not Christ, if it's not Christ, if it's not his finished work, my friend, it's sinking sand. In the day of death and judgment, your soul will be carried away and lost. Oh, this evening will you dig down as it were Lay your faith on Christ. And when the storms come as they will come, my friend, they'll not be able to destroy your hope. But one day you'll enter into the glory to be with Christ, which is far, far better. Amen. I'd like to thank the moderator for this tremendous message from the Word of God. We really appreciate the ministry of God's Word. <clears throat> We're going to sing together our closing hymn. We're turning to the order of service. We turn to the back. It's a hymn penned by the late Mr. Noel Grant, great evangelist in Northern Ireland, above thine own ambitions here. We're going to stand together and we're going to sing the hymn, please.
standing for a little moment Reverend Goods has just come into the pulpit and he will lead us in closing prayer just in a second and give thanks for the tea I just want to mention first of all that the total building fund offering tonight came to £21,696 and two pence and if we add in what has already come in for the month of June no doubt in anticipation of this service that brings a grand total of 27000 376 pounds and two pence. Thank God for the two pence. There was a man, gave, there was a man from Donica D sent me 20 pence one day for the offering. Amen. He remained nameless. All right. Very, very good. That's tremendous. And I'm overwhelmed and I'm staggered. And I just want to say thank you in the Lord's name for your sacrificial giving. The second thing I want to ask is if some of our office bearers and some of maybe past members uh, who are here present, uh, ladies and men, could sort of help us now uh, with the tea. Uh, and what I suggest is that if those out in the uh, middle porch could maybe uh, make their ways to either side of the wall, uh, sort of move your chairs over, turn them round or whatever, uh, and we'll take the table, we'll put it down to the left-hand side, brethren, and then we'll take out some of these grey chairs and move them out into the porch. Uh, the people in the minor hall will get their food first and then slowly, bit by bit, we will make our way uh, into that porch area which is already full uh, and, and we'll go into the, the minor hall here and get the tea. Now, once you're in the minor hall, please try and get seated as quickly as possible and once that's full, then we can come back into the church and we can uh, have our tea. And if anyone's able to help, as I've mentioned, past members, uh, male or female, if you could uh, help with the chairs and maybe help assist uh, our, our ladies with the tea, that would be much appreciated. Reverend Goods is going to close in prayer. And just before he does pray, could I just also add that there are gift uh, aid forms available. Some people have mentioned that to me. So if you want to uh, mention that to me again, if you, uh, and, or, or maybe the treasurer, that would be much appreciated. And before we pray, I'm going to ask the Reverend Goods if he'd remember uh, one of our foundation members, Mrs. Eiling Lowe, who is in the hospital tonight and would love to have been here and not able to come. And there's others who have got out of a bed of sickness, literally out of the hospital, to come here tonight. And we're especially delighted to have Mr. Bobby Graham uh, with us. And of course, we meet here tonight in memory of the late Robert Lowe and the late Dr. Paisley founding this work 42 years ago. And if it hadn't have been for their vision, then we wouldn't have been here. And we, we thank God for that memory. And we're going to ask Reverend Goods if he'll remember that in prayer, as well as give thanks for the tea. May I just say before I pray what a joy and a delight it is to be here this evening. And indeed, 
May I say especially, while many people have been acknowledged tonight, and rightly so, how happy and pleased I am, especially for the minister of this church. It's been, he's spoken there about the vision of many people, and over the last 17 years I've seen his vision, his passion, indeed the burden upon his heart and the faith that he's had in the Lord to see this congregation go forward and bring us to where we are tonight with what has been done so far. And I just want to say tonight how delighted I am for him personally and for the encouragement and the way that the Lord has indeed blessed and honoured him. And we do pray that in the days that lie ahead, the Lord will honour him indeed, even with the salvation of precious souls in this meeting. Let's just bow together in prayer. Our gracious God and eternal Father in heaven, we lift up our hearts to thee tonight, even in thanksgiving and praise for all that thou hast done so far. Lord, we say so far because it has been stated already tonight, the end is not yet. And Father, we pray that the best is yet to be. And Lord, we thank thee indeed for all those that have come together, Lord, for this work and for the, for the very building that we're in tonight that has been opened for the proclamation of the gospel, to indeed encourage the saints of God to see them edified and built up in their most holy faith. Indeed, Lord, to preach the glorious riches of Christ, to lift up the crown rights of King Jesus. And Lord, we do thank thee tonight even for the great joy that we know it is in his own heart for the minister of this church. And Lord, I thank you indeed for his vision, for his faith in the Saviour, and indeed how that faith has come to fruition even this very night. And Lord, we pray that you'll bless him and his family even richly at this time. And Lord, we do remember not only all those that are here, but also those who can't be. We think of Mrs. Lowe and we hold her up before thee in prayer and we pray, Lord, for thy hand to be upon her. That Lord, thou would bless her, that thou would encourage her. And Lord, that even tonight she would be encouraged to know that she's thought of even at this special service. We do thank thee too, Lord, for those that are already in glory that have gone before, who have been so instrumental here. Lord, those that have been an encouragement in the faith, those that have been stalwarts in the faith. And Father, we thank thee indeed for every encouragement and blessing. And Lord, how we do pray for carried up free Presbyterian church. The Lord, in the days to come, that thou would pour out the Spirit of God, even in abundance, upon the meetings in this house. The Lord will see old-fashioned Holy Ghost gospel meetings. The Lord will see, indeed, Holy Ghost-inspired prayer meetings. And Father, that will see, indeed, the saints of God encouraged and lifted up. And Lord, we pray, especially even for those friends that are gathered in tonight, that are still outside the family and fold of God, the Lord, even yet, thou would open up their hearts to the wonderful joy of salvation, to that blessed assurance of eternal life in Christ and forgiveness of sins. Lord, do receive our thanks for the good things that have been provided. Do bless the hands, indeed, that have prepared it. Receive our thanks, too, even for that tremendous offering tonight. Amen. And, Father, we just pray that thou would remember each and every soul. We thank thee, Lord, that, indeed, Nothing that is done in the Saviour's name will ever go without a reward. So bless and encourage and go before us and may Christ be uplifted and glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.